All right, we're back for another episode of OG-san. We've been uh, a little MIA due to uh, obvious circumstances. Um, and uh, due to those circumstances, we're, we're uh, recording this uh, remotely. Um, me from my house uh, and my dad from, from his house and well over six feet in between us. Um, <laughs> there's a lot going on. And, um, you know, we wanted to dive in and, um, on a number of subjects, but, uh, today we wanted to talk about, um, the, you know, the COVID-19, um, crisis, but specifically about the anti-Asian sentiment and situations that have come about. Um, because of the um, because of COVID nineteen, uh, and and so with that, I'll, I'll shoot it over to to the OG to to get us started. You know, say the uh, issue of anti Asian prejudice and anti Asian violence. Uh, a lot of people have been talking about it as a result of uh, the fallout from the. Uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, I've heard uh, uh, Jeremy Lin, the basketball player who's playing basketball in China, uh, he talked about it and tweeted about it. Uh, also, Andrew Yang has talked about it pretty extensively. I've seen articles referenced in, in the LA Times. Uh, columnist Frank Chong has been writing about it. Uh, also, even on YouTube with the uh, Fong brothers and other influencers commenting on it. Uh, interestingly, though, some of them sound pretty surprised because it's their first uh, confrontation with this kind of prejudice. Someone described it, uh, none of the people I mentioned, but someone described it as sort of living adjacent to uh, the white community. Asians have been adjacent to not exactly in, but right next to it, and have been a little surprised by the response. Uh, for someone like myself, uh, not only in my age, but being a three and a half generation Japanese American, uh, ranging from being born right after camp to any number, any number of issues, be it uh, the killing of Vincent Chin back in the 70s to the issue of the Chosu Lee case and quite a few other civil rights and human rights cases where the issue of racism and prejudice has not only reared its head, but to take uh, physical manifestation by literally people being killed, people being jailed, and other things. I saw a, a piece of information really doing a good job, a group called uh, APCON, Asian Pacific Policy and Planning Council, along with the Chinese Affirmative Action Organization in San Francisco and Bay Area, APCON, A3PCON is here in LA, have a reporting mechanism on their website uh, where people can report the issues uh, that they're being confronted with, ranging from violence to uh, just outright uh, prejudice and verbal attacks to uh, feeling like they're being shunned. I don't quite know what shun means. Actually, I do know what it means, but uh, people being uh, uh, 
their backs being turned to them or people sort of uh, just putting them on the margins of society, all of the above. But the issue related to anti-Asian sentiment has really been manifesting itself at every level. I mean, from the time that uh, President Trump changed and one of the media outlets saw him change the notes at one of his presentations, press conferences, where he changed it from the coronavirus to the Chinese virus. And when confronted by a reporter about calling it the Chinese virus, he said become because it comes from China, as he said it, and the inflection that he used. Uh, but to give credit where credit is due, uh, relatively quickly after that, probably because of a lot of pushback and backlash, uh, he changed it and called it again uh, COVID-19 or the coronavirus and said that uh, we love Asian Americans and they have nothing to do with this pandemic in any shape or form. Uh, But some of his Republican cohorts in the uh, Congress and in the Senate have used the term China's virus. They've also called it the Wuhan virus. His new appointee to the secretary of uh, uh, one of his uh, departments uh, recently scrubbed his Twitter account because he had all this anti-Asian sarcasm about uh, the virus. But uh, for me, the question isn't whether or not China needs to be blamed for being a part of this problem in terms of where the Wuhan virus started. Uh, That's a reality. Uh, The Communist Party of China totally mishandled, and uh, there's documentation of the doctor that found and discovered it and was a bit of a whistleblower and then died of the coronavirus uh, was pretty much ostracized. Uh, and China held back on reporting about it. This is not a matter of not putting blame where blame is due. It's just a matter of how you do it. Mm-hmm. Saying it's from China, yes. Saying it's from Wuhan province, yes. Saying it came from a lab in Wuhan province is a, a real stretch, and really there's no real evidence to prove that to be true, that it's a part of the narrative now that uh, – Secretary of State Pompeo is using and other people are using. So it's creating a real anti-China sentiment on top of the uh, Cold War in the trade area that has been going on. So all this to say that as it happens on the international level, and when you translate it to using the term Chinese as if a people started it, Uh, it becomes problematic because history shows us in this country that international relations between the United States and an Asian country, uh, when they're rocky, uh, when they're bad, when they're even a matter of war, like in Southeast Asia, then the domestic problem that Asian Americans have uh, starts to again come about. Mm -hmm. I mean, so... This is not new, whether it was during World War II and they put Japanese and Japanese-Americans, the majority Japanese-Americans in camp. Uh, The basic belief was a Jap is a Jap and that uh, 
they're not Americans. Uh, the basic problem that we seem to have that we're the forever foreigners, no matter what generation we are, like your daughter, Harley, she's sixth generation Japanese American, but uh, people may still be surprised that she speaks English so well. So these are the issues that, uh, although some people may have been confronted by this prejudice and racism, and they're a little surprised by it, uh, frankly speaking, I'm not. What, what is your take on it in your peer group? Uh, any examples of it? I mean, we're in the South Bay where there's so many of us, it's hard to imagine, but uh, it's happening in different places for sure. Definitely. I think, um, you know, the timing of everything where uh, everybody going into or some some people going into quarantine, uh, you know, lined up with not having a lot of opportunities to to be confronted with with that type of situation. Um, you know, and and like you said, like we're in Southern California, there's a large uh, Asian American population and, um, you know, relatively more progressive um, community, um, you know, but I think for me, it, it's all about what is the motivation? What is the motivation of pinpointing uh, this on China and Asian people, and um, you know, if if we're talking facts, yeah, like China, China, it seems like they messed up in their response, right? And they should be held accountable for things that they withheld and for their the ramifications of of their reaction to and their their coordination with the rest of the world. Um, but I don't think that's what the motivation is behind um, Trump and his you know, and, and the rest of these cronies that are perpetuating this, this narrative. I think the, the motivation is to cast blame, which takes blame away from our, our own our own efforts to, to um, react to this um, pandemic. I think the, there's also motivation from a, um, Right, like you talked about trade, I think there's there's motivation there to to um, harm China. You know, so I, it's not it's not a pure thing to me, and um, that's where I really have issue with with the way that they unabashedly tried to pin this on um, on Asian people, really, and without thought i mean they know they knew that there's there's gonna be collateral damage and to be honest like they don't really care right like i think the the impact of the of the asian community is not super high up on a lot of their um their worries so i, I go back to like it, you know the motivation behind it why why were they doing that um and, and it, it, it's so backwards to me. Like, I, th I think instead of worrying about like getting it right and, and doing the right thing and reacting the right way and setting up a great, a good system to, to combat our situation, they spend so much time and effort to blame people and to shift, sh try to shift focus and throw smoke and 
right? And <laughs> it was like, why don't you guys just spend 100% of your energy on, you know, trying to put us in the best possible situation here? Um, so I, I have a lot of problems with that. And I think luckily, like we, we, we had, you know, for us, we just, we didn't experience it, but there's a lot of, I mean, like on the East coast, it seemed like it happened a lot and maybe because they have to, um, you know, they're, they're like on the subways and they're walking and their commute is a little different, but, um, yeah, it's definitely troublesome. Well, you know, it's a part of a historical political playbook. It's called scapegoatism. Mm-hmm. You need a scapegoat, someone to redirect the blame to, to try to knock, inoculate yourself politically. So if we look at some of the things that uh, have been going on, uh, it's really um, basic uh, them and us politics for for example this was last year but uh one of the new congress people uh one of the gang of five or four whatever it is with aoc and several others that someone said something in the president trump said go back to where you came from mm-hmm. remember we did a podcast yep. on that issue yep and you know that's a standard trope that's used uh saying go back to where you came from and uh, all of us have come from somewhere else unless you're a native american and then the second thing that came up was this whole thing about scapegoatism where you blame uh somebody else to deflect any criticism so that if things don't go well it's real obvious that as we get into the thick of the the last uh russian this presidential campaign I'm afraid the Democrats are going to be involved in the two where everybody's going to be trying to outdo each other in terms of being anti-China. The problem with that is that international problems with an Asian country, as I've already said, have domestic ramifications in terms of Asian Americans, because a lot of people look at it as forever foreigners. And the third thing that the president has recently done is stop immigration from people in Asian countries who are coming here to get uh, green cards, mm-hmm. become, res- uh, you know, um, legal residents. And that whole thing of stopping immigration not only from Asia, but from other countries as well, is another well-used issue where you blame that group for whatever you're trying to blame somebody for. And it was the roots of the Chinese Exclusion Act and the Late 1800s, it was the roots of the Gentleman's Agreement uh, when they stopped immigration from Japan in the early 1900s. It was the part of the uh, Tidings McDuffie Act in the 1930s that gave, on one hand, uh, independence to the Philippines, but stopped immigration as a part of the deal of immigrants to the United States. In every one of those instances, they were demonized and use a scapegoat and blame for the downturn of the economy. So all of this is standard political them and us. And unfortunately, the ramifications are that you appeal to people's emotions or during a crisis, the emotions are on edge anyway. And so even the Surgeon General in his commentary, this was a little bit ago, but he talked about that the COVID-19 crisis is like 9-11 in Pearl Harbor. 
Right. Now, the problem with those two examples is that it generates passionate feelings about groups of people, anti-Muslim, anti-Japanese. And the issue of being anti-Asian <coughs> is people get, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> people can't tell the difference if you're Japanese, Chinese, or when we're in the war in Vietnam, people called you a gook or, you know, all of this appeals to people's passions and angers. And then when the president does it, even though he came back and tried to clean up, he gave basically tacit approval for people to act on these passions, these angers, these frustrations. So if you're frustrated because of the economy and you're losing your job, you're upset for good reason. You look for somebody to take it out on. You know, a senior citizen, Chinese senior citizen was attacked in Chinatown the other day, just walking down the street. Uh, Assemblyman Al Morosuchi has asked me to work with him in his office. And we're gonna get all these different Asian organizations to not only talk about the issue and examples of it, but we really need to talk about where the solutions are, what to do about it. But I think ultimately, as we talk about these difficulties, we gotta remember that the vast, vast majority of the people don't subscribe to this kind of thinking or these kind of reactions or this kind of attitude, thank goodness, or you know, it'd be really crazy. Right. But we can't ignore them either. So I think that's why it's an issue that's a, a bit of the elephant in the living room that's got to be talked about so we can find solutions. When I think back to what we, we talked about earlier, the, the only reason why, not the only, but a big reason why this isn't a bigger issue for our community is that we're all quarantined. If this, if this situation, if, if this pandemic didn't, uh, cause us to be, uh, for us to stay in our houses and we were, we were out, you know, in the world working, doing everything like we typically do. Uh, I think there, there's a, a real high chance of a lot more, um, in, uh, you know, incidents, uh, and, and for it to get worse and worse, right? Like there's not any buildup. I mean, the, the level of frustration that people have now is just huge, but if we were, if that same frustration would be felt, then you'd be constantly walking past other people. And, you know, I think in, in a way it kind of, A, we're, 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 it's, it's a good thing because it doesn't put people in those types of situations. Uh, but it also on the flip side kind of masks um, this, you know, what, what's going on um, with that, with that anti-Asian sentiment. No, it's a good point, and you referenced the uh, issue that I'm sure people have seen on uh, the news where uh, I think there were Chinese uh, were in the subway and they were being accosted, and a person had a spray can of uh, uh, that, what is it, Febreze or whatever it's yeah. called, and sprayed yeah. them with it. On the East Coast, people are not uh, in a bubble like a car. Right. They're doing mass transit and there's a lot of walking. And so what you're saying, I think, is true. Uh, 
it would be a lot more extreme if people were out and about uh, than it is right now. Yeah, I mean, we, Harley and I went to, we went to, um, before we all got locked down, we went to an ice cream place, you know, in Torrance. And, and it may have been subconscious. It may have been just like my mind just, you know, overthinking things. But I felt like people were looking at us different. And, you know, that was like the last time we were out. Um, so I, I just can't imagine, you know, I, I can't imagine. And now when, when I drive the limited driving around, I do. Um, you just feel, you feel the edge, you feel the edge that people are on. Um, so yeah, but I mean, you, you brought up like what, what, what we should do to what, what steps people should take to either combat or address this, um, for now or for the future. What's kind of top of mind for you with that? Well, you know, there's, there's the usual legal things that you can do, that you need to report any assaults uh, to the police, uh, to the authorities. Uh, if you're a student in school, a little kid, you need to tell the teachers and the administrators, uh, not so people can be punished, but so the issue can be addressed. I think also that, uh, candidly, uh, People need to defend themselves. If, mm -hmm. if you get attacked, you know, don't just get beat up. I mean, you got to stand your ground. Uh, I don't know if we need to uh, try to invoke this, the ghost of uh, Bruce Lee, but uh, there's this part of it where Asians need to have a little bit of uh, a backbone and stand up. If you're being attacked, don't be afraid to defend yourself. I think also policy-wise... Uh, we need to talk to the law enforcement agencies so they can have a dedicated contact number and maybe staff that people can report these incidents to because we need to start documenting how many there are and also have a legal response to it and a police response to it. But then I think also we need to look at it uh, from a personal individual to individual. And we need to do some common sense training in our communities about how to de-escalate verbal attacks. I mean, well, what do you say? Right. You know, how do you de-escalate it? Uh, how do you de-escalate physical <clears throat> intimidation or people trying to bully you? Uh, there's things that you can do. I mean, way back in the day about the war against drugs, it was just say no. I mean, it's much more than that, but training needs to be done that we can look at the situation and how to diffuse it, not uh, escalate it. I think another thing is that uh, we need to realize that this is not a time to isolate ourselves and circle the wagon, so to speak. This is an opportunity, candidly, to do outreach. Uh, not only Assemblyman Marasuchi, but uh, really. Uh, important activist in our community, Diane Ujie, is working with the group in the African-American community 
to try to look at ways vis-a-vis the church and other organizations and institutions to have a good dialogue so people aren't strangers. So the issue of reaching out, I, I can see this as an opportunity for Asian businesses to maybe look at their clientele beyond just Asian clientele, but whether it's food or services, uh, doing some kind of outreach into other communities, just from the standpoint of people knowing that we're all a part of the same community, uh, ultimately. Uh, The issue of churches, temples, mosques, this is a really great opportunity for uh, inter-congregation fellowship, you know, partner with another church or a mosque or a Buddhist temple or or a Jewish synagogue and have dialogue. Uh, the thing that we're going to find is the percentage of people that are causing the problems is really minute compared to the good people. But the good people need to be looked at from the standpoint of let's just use a reset button and maybe get to know each other again. I think another example is schools, once they reopen, is going to be a really important place where there can be multicultural education and awareness and people just being comfortable and learning to be comfortable with each other. And a lot of our schools are segregated just because of where populations live. So schools need to take the initiative to partner with schools and other ethnic communities to have exchanges, just get to know people. Another thing on the individual level is we need to re-examine social interaction. And, you know, we need to be civil again. We need to say hello. Mm -hmm. We need to say thank you. We need to say excuse me, pardon me. Um, We need to look each other in the eye. And in some ways in the Asian community, we're not that verbal, you know, we need to be more verbal. I think those basic things sort of need to be revisited. And then, you know, we have other great opportunities vis-a-vis sports, uh, interacting vis-a-vis interleagues, sharing sports that people look at internationally, whether it's soccer or ping pong or other things that are not the mainstream baseball, American football, and basketball, other things so people get a more global view of people. And I think we need to have some fun. I'm, I'm thinking about uh, hot sauce diplomacy. <laughs> you know, we need to do shiracha diplomacy, shoyu diplomacy. Louisiana hot sauce, salsa. <clears throat> Have a hot sauce festival based on ethnic hot sauce, you know, and, and ways of getting to know each other vis-a-vis food and restaurants. This is a real opportunity to reestablish what we are as Americans. So as you can tell, I've been thinking about this. And not only in terms of, oh, God, woe is me, and oh, no, this is happening, and, you know, are they looking at me funny if I cough when I get on an airplane or a bus or and I'm Asian? Let's talk about what we can do about this. And uh, these are just some of the things I've been thinking about. 
Yeah, it definitely makes sense. Taking the proactive um, approach to it. I, mean, I think especially too, when you're, you, you, the, the, the people that are causing these incidents are definitely few and far between, but those are the, those are the things that make it on the news. Those are the things that people hear about, right? They don't hear about the regular, just regular people that are just doing what they should be doing. Um, so the more that we can outwardly and, and not, not, not necessarily large scale, right? Like you said, just a, on a one to one to one basis, like do it, be more verbal, um, kind of getting back to the, the just common decency, respecting your fellow man, building community, not just within our own ethnic community, but just people that we are around. Um, all that sounds like an amazing opportunity to reset and really get back to the, the positive roots of, of what we should be about. And I think also say that the, the knuckleheads that act out on this, they're knuckleheads anyway. They're looking for whatever reason or right. a vehicle to, uh, you know, blow off steam or redirect their personal frustrations but I think a lot of people are thinking some of this and not saying it out loud or not acting on it, but have it in the back of their mind. And so it's a cliche, but the uh, Chinese word for crisis is made up of two characters. One is danger and one is opportunity. And this in its own crazy way is an opportunity for us to uh, do this reset that you and I have just referenced. I like it. It's a great, um, great way to to end it. But I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what happens in the future and how we we kind of take those next steps. Yep, it's going to be a brave new world.